Today's podcast session is supported by Uphill. So if you ask a therapist who's doing clinical work what the bane of their existence is, usually progress notes are in the top one to two. I'm not naming any names, but when I was doing clinical work, I remember I had several colleagues who would get so backed up on clinical notes, so they would end up spending their nights and weekends trying just to catch up. Honestly, who wants to do that? And this is where Appeal comes in. Appeal is AI-powered case notes. Now, I know for many of us, when we hear the word AI, we're, there's like a natural skepticism. And honestly, I had that skepticism as well until I got to meet with the Appeal team and learn about some of the many ways that they are doing this in a way that is HIPAA compliant and also doesn't sell data to anyone and also protects our clients as well. You can learn more about Uphill and the awesome work that they're doing in the world uh, by going to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Uphill. And Uphill is uh, spelled U-P and then H-E-A-L, all one word. And at checkout, be sure to enter the promo code COUCH25, C-O-U-C-H, and the number 25 to get 25% off your Uphill plan for the first two months. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 204 of Selling the Couch and welcome to a new season of Selling the Couch. This past month has just been a wonderful time of rest. Our daughter had her first birthday, so we spent time celebrating her, spending time with family and, and friends and loved ones. Uh, it was just a wonderful time, I think, just to be able to rest and focus on self-care. I also spent a lot of time working on the STC directory on the back end. I actually hired a web development team to make the directory better because when I first launched the directory, I had a vision and, you know, I was limited by resources and Fortunately, as STC has grown, I have some more resources now and was able to dedicate time to the directory and continuing to make it better. And one of the things that we're rolling out is a office rent board. So you can advertise office space or you can find office space. And I'm excited for all of those different things. You can learn more about the directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. Today's podcast is a topic that I think many of us get scared about, which is taxes. But it's such an important topic because the question that we're exploring is this question of, okay, now, or this scenario of, okay, now that I'm starting to make profit in my business, how do I optimize my taxes? I forgot where I heard this, but I once heard that and for a business, it's not just about the income that you make, but it's our ability to protect that income legally. That part matters as well. And so my guest is Ofer Ganal. Ofer was a previous guest on the podcast where he talked all about setting fees for your practice and how do you sort of do that in a way that takes the emotion out of setting fees, but actually looks at the numbers. And that episode, I know that was so helpful for many folks because I got a lot of emails about it. And so I wanted to have Ofer back on the podcast because 
I feel like he has this ability to talk through things. Just to give you kind of a background, Ofer's significant other, Riza, is actually a therapist in private practice. And so Ofer has helped her set up her private practice. And then he's also had several small businesses where he's learned a lot about tax structure. Ofer is not an accountant nor does he play one on podcasts. And so before we get to the, today's episode, I just wanted to share that. So be sure all of the information that's shared on this episode is for educational purposes only. But And so definitely consult with the local attorney or your local accountant just to see what might be the best scenario for you. But we are covering a different bunch of different things. So one of the first things is why in the world is it important to even optimize our tax setup? And then this whole question, which I've been struggling with is, you know, how do you know if I'm supposed to be a sole proprietor or am I supposed to be an LLC or am I supposed to be an LLC that's taxed as an S corp or am I supposed to be a full S corp? And what are kind of, and we're going to be discussing kind of the pros and cons of each of them. And I hope that more than anything that today's episode kind of gives you a little bit of guidance and, and doesn't overwhelm you, but actually gives you a little bit of clarity in terms of how to guide the direction of your business. I know for me, finishing this conversation, I was like, man, I really need to think through a couple of different things. Before we do get to today's podcast session, I just wanted to take a moment to thank today's podcast supporter, which is Brighter Vision. If you guys have heard me share about the services that Brighter Vision provides, Brighter Vision is this company that helps therapists have beautiful websites and they're actually doing a bunch of cool stuff now. And one of the neat things they're actually doing is they have a whole social marketing channel, which is basically they have this almost like a social genius. So you can actually, they have a range of different social media posts that you can edit and customize and schedule across all your platforms in a matter of minutes. So these are cover a range of things from articles and quizzes to podcast episodes to inspirational quotes, things that can really resonate with the population and the niche that you're working with. You can learn more about Brighter Vision and the awesome services that they provide by going to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Brighter Vision. And if you go through that link, you actually get the first month absolutely free. So we we'll jump right into today's podcast conversation. Here's my conversation with Ofer Ganel from OferGanel.com. Hey, Ofer, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Melvin. Thanks very much for having me on again. It's a pleasure to come back. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I really enjoyed our conversation last time all about setting fees and thinking through those things. And when you had reached out talking about taxes, my first inclination was, oh my gosh, I do not like talking about taxes. But then when I thought about it more, I was like, man, I know that this is something that I've thought about. You know, How do you maximize our tax structure? Of course, in a legal way, but and I know that our colleagues have a lot of questions about this. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't mind at all that people find this kind of dry and boring and uninteresting because at the end of the day, I think that that's just something that we have to get past in order to make sure that we can do well. Yeah, absolutely. And if there's any motivation for you guys to listen to this episode is that hopefully it'll help you save uh, quite a bit of money when it comes to taxes and all that stuff. So we'll jump right in, Ofer. So I have to admit, this is completely an area that I I have very little knowledge about. So I'm like curious to learn from you. And I thought I would just start at the top, which is why is it important to optimize our tax setup as business owners? 
Well, the thing is that, you know, absolutely for each of us to pay our fair share through taxes isn't just a legal requirement. I also see it as our civic duty because that's what funds the government, which means that that's what makes sure that our country is secure and that the roads get built and that the bridges don't fall down and all kinds of stuff like that, which is kind of fairly important. And so that's why it's important that we pay taxes. However, having said that, paying more than what you're required to pay legally just means that you end up having to charge your clients more for you to be able to provide for your family. And that's kind of not fair to your clients. Right. Yeah. So, right. It's sort of a the implication of, of not thinking through this has impact both in terms of the fees that we set, but also in terms of, you know, what we charge our clients. And yeah, it has kind of a, I guess, a systemic impact. Exactly. And, you know, as long as you do it legally, reducing your taxes is just being prudent about how you manage your business and personal finances. And so getting back to your question, the important thing is that how you optimize your practice in terms of tax setup really depends on the specific situation that you have. And just some examples are, let's say that you have a full-time job, you get paid a salary, and then you open a small private practice on the side, maybe seeing two, three, four clients a week, and that brings in a few thousand dollars a month. So your setup would be optimized very differently than if you don't have a full-time job, you're doing the practice full-time, and especially if you have employees. And especially regarding that last piece, if you you know, whoever's listening, have a group practice and you're using associates who are independent contractors, I very much urge you to check with an employment attorney to make sure that you're not misclassifying employees as if they were independent contractors. Hmm. And Risa, my wife, who's a marriage and family therapist in private practice, about two years ago had a conversation with a colleague and he shared with her that he had been audited by the state and that they decided that he did, in fact, misclassify his employee, his people who should have been employees and stated that they were independent contractors inappropriately. Hmm. And they fined him $300,000. Wow, that's crazy. It is. Now, he ended up being somehow able to convince them to reduce it, hmm. but he still had to pay $5,000. Hmm. So no longer practice ending, bankruptcy causing, oh my gosh, you know, is my life over kind of situation, but still, you know, having to pay a multi-thousand dollar fine is not a fun thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to kind of start at the top. Again, my knowledge of this is very elementary. So even before we get into some more of this deep stuff, so in terms of even tax, cat like categorizing the business, so you can be a solo owner, right? Right. A sole proprietor is what the, the tax experts call this. Got it. And then you can be an LLC. Right. That's a limited liability company. Okay. And then there's something that you can be an LLC, but also, but taxed as an S Corp. Right. So you can actually also be an S Corp. That's, mm. And that's in a situation, for example, if you're in a state that doesn't allow LLCs at all, or doesn't allow therapists to have an, an LLC, then you can choose to do an S Corp. But if you are in a state that does allow LLCs, then you can contact the IRS and ask them to treat your LLC as if it was an S-Corp. So from a legal perspective, your company is still an LLC. From a tax perspective, it's now an S-Corp. Now, I do want to insert as a caveat that you know, for people who are listening, that they know I'm not an attorney and I'm not a tax professional. And however, I do know enough to play one on television. Uh, <laughs> or a podcast. <laughs> or a podcast. But I don't want to play one. I just want to share the things that I've learned based on the experience of 
supporting Risa in terms of her practice and my several small companies, which include a small, a full-time consulting practice, which I use to consult for NASA. And so all this knowledge is based on conversations that I've had over the years with our attorneys and accountants and what we ended up choosing to do in various situations. So that's just a to caveat kind of like from the top that, you know, whatever you hear here is for informational purposes. It's to teach you enough that when you do go and talk with an attorney, with an accountant, that you have the context and you know what to ask and what to expect them to ask. And if they don't ask these questions, then maybe you need to find somebody else. You said something really interesting, Ophiris. So you said some states require an LLC, some require an S-corp. So how do you figure out Right. So actually, I don't think that there's any state that requires either an LLC or an S-corp. And however, there are some states, and I I don't know enough to tell you which ones, Mm. that simply don't allow LLCs. And But I think that all states allow S-corps. And that's a conversation to have with an attorney who can help you set up your business structure or with an accountant. And both of them have to have experience with what the rules are in your state. Doesn't mean that they have to be, you know, resident in the same state that you are. Mm -hmm. You know, you could have a Maryland accountant who simply has experience and knowledge of how things work in other states or is able and willing to research that to make sure that they're advising you correctly. Just to dive a little bit deeper in, and again, this is like a really basic question, but how do you know if it's better to go as a solo proprietor versus this LLC? versus LLC taxed as an S-corp versus an S-corp? Okay, so the short answer is talk with an attorney and an accountant, mm-hmm. especially ones who specialize in helping small businesses mm-hmm. and most especially and preferably those who have experience with therapy practices. Mm-hmm. And for example, over the years, we've referred lots and lots of therapists to our accountant. We haven't really referred that many to our attorneys simply because very few people require that kind of support. And it's gotten to the point that our accountant has had to hire a full-time accountant to help just with therapists. And just in the spirit of full disclosure, no, we do not get referral fees. We just get a very nice thank you every time we call them. Mm, Awesome. It's just a very nice thing you guys do. So, Yeah. I mean, you know, I love to do this because number one, I think very highly of this accountant, which Mm. is why we have been working with them for years. Mm. And the other thing is that I try to also help them because they do such a great job. Right. So, you know, someone that's listening to this, maybe they're considering like becoming an LLC. What would you say are some of the biggest pros and and some of the biggest cons to becoming an LLC? All right. So before we dive into that, I do want to add a little bit to what we discussed before, you know, how do you know which one is best? And as I said, I would hopefully be able to teach you a little bit about what kind of questions your accountant should ask you. So for example, how much profit does your practice bring in? Do you have any employees? What state do you practice in? What other income do you and or your spouse, if you're married, have? And how high is that income? And so those are the kinds of things that they should ask because those affect what the answer would be. And I can give you a little bit of some indications as to what is likely going to be the outcome. And that is the generally Sole proprietorship is the easiest and simplest setup. It could be a perfectly fine one if your practice doesn't bring in a lot of profit. So if you're just starting out, especially, and even more especially if you're already being paid a salary elsewhere, that's more than the maximum that gets taxed for Social Security. In 2018, that was, I think, $128,400 a year. Hmm. So 
if that's the situation, then the tax savings that you can get will be a lot less than in a situation where you have a very profitable practice. You don't have any other employee situation, so you're not getting any W-2 wages from anywhere else. And then going the route of an LLC tax as an S-corp or a straight S-corp will give you access to a lot of tax optimization options that could save you thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars a year, even after you consider that you'll have to pay for help with your accounting, your bookkeeping, payroll processing, uh, things like that. Right. So it sounds like as you kind of go up this ladder, it's there's more like bookkeeping and record keeping that's needed. But right. the potential benefit of that is that there is there could be some substantial savings. Right. So now getting back to your question about the main pros and cons of each of these options. Mm-hmm. So I'll just walk through each one. And after that, obviously, if you have any questions, then I'll be happy to address those. Yeah, sure. So Sole proprietorship. That's how Risa and I started all of our businesses, each one of them. There's nothing wrong with it until there is. So the pros are it's dead simple. You don't need to file any kind of forms in order to set it up. All you need to do is hang out your shingle and to start reporting your business revenue and expenses on the Schedule C, which is part of your personal tax return. And boom, that's it. You have a sole prop. Generally, you don't have to pay anything to have anybody do your accounting or bookkeeping. You don't need to run payroll. So those expenses are not there, especially if you don't you know, already anyway want to have an accountant help you with your tax returns. The cons, on the other hand, are it does not offer you any protection for business creditors, things like landlord, credit card issuer, et cetera. And it doesn't provide several important tax advantages, which are important if your profit is high. So next is the LLC. And especially if it's what's known as a sole member LLC, I think that yeah, sole owner LLC is another way that sometimes people call it. In terms of how the IRS views this, they call it a disregarded entity. And what that means is that you have an LLC, but you are the only owner. Your spouse doesn't own it with you and you don't have any partners. In that scenario, you still have to file it in terms of tax returns on your personal tax return under a Schedule C because as far as the IRS is concerned, it doesn't exist, hence disregarded. Now, That's something that you would do when you get to the point that having the protection of a corporate veil is important. And I'll get a little bit into that, but not a whole lot in a second. So the pros of this are it's simpler than an LLC that's taxed as an S-corp or as an S-corp itself. And as I said, you still only file Schedule C. And the second pro is that it protects you against business creditors. Now, something that we didn't realize at first is it does not protect you against things like malicious behavior and professional errors. And that's why it's really critical that you have good malpractice insurance, even if you're set up as an LLC. Got it. So this would be, I guess, just real quick, that would be like within the context of like note keeping, like within the practice or something like that, or? It's anything. So let's say that a client came in and, you know, and saw you or saw an employee, and then somehow there was a mess up and you broke HIPAA and their information is out there. Okay, so that client will obviously be very unhappy with you and might sue you, and they would probably win. In that scenario, having an LLC would not protect you. It would not shield, most likely, would not shield your personal assets. So if you, let's say that, you know, really bad situation, this is somebody who is a high-powered CEO or attorney or whatever, and it just came out now because of your inadvertent disclosure, and especially if it was malicious disclosure, that he or she is suffering from, I don't know, anxiety disorder or depression or 
is going through a nasty divorce or whatever, something that puts their livelihood at risk. And in that scenario, they could go after you for you know a huge amount of money, which your business probably doesn't have, but they could go after maybe your house or your bank accounts or your portfolio with your broker or whatever, because you're not protected by an LLC against professional errors and against malicious behavior. So that's kind of like, that's what I understand from our attorneys. And, you know, with apologies to any attorneys, if what I said is not 100% dead on, but it should be pretty accurate. But this is part of why I said that you should take this information as context and as education so that when you do talk with professionals that you know what to ask, and then they should be able to give you the exact information that will be true and accurate for your particular situation. Moving on to the cons of the LLC, it does require filing several forms that you need to, in order to register with the state. And depending on the state, Maryland, for example, every year we have to file a what's known as a business personal property tax return, which is kind of an odd thing you know, for me. Okay, is it business or personal? No, it's a business personal property tax. And there's a $300 filing fee for that. So if I have an LLC that doesn't bring any profits in, that's a $300 expense that goes out every year as a minimum. The second part is that it doesn't provide several important tax advantages that you have access to if you are taxed as an S-corp, either as an LLC or as a straight S-corp. Okay, and that brings us to the last, which I'll talk about both as LLC taxes an S-corp or an S-corp itself. The latter does require more things legally. So if it's straight S-corp, you have to hold annual meetings, you have to record the minutes, et cetera. And so unless you're in a situation where you simply can't have an LLC taxes an S-corp, my personal preference is to use the LLC taxes an S-corp because it has fewer legal requirements. And once we started making enough to provide the real tax advantages. Reese and I did, in fact, file requests with the IRS to treat our main LLCs as S-corps for tax purposes, but we still have LLCs that are disregarded, and we report those on Schedule C and E as appropriate. So the pros of this setup is that it does give you access to those tax advantages that I referred to. And one thing is that you do have to run a formal payroll, which is actually part of the con, which I'll get to in a sec. But the advantage is that you can come up with a defensible salary, which I'll talk about in a second, what is a defensible salary. So let's say that you decide, okay, $50,000 a year is a defensible salary. And how you know that it's defensible is if you ask yourself something like, all right, if somebody else who has more or less my expertise, my experience, my credentials wanted this job, and I was willing to offer them this job instead of doing it myself, would they be okay with getting paid $50,000 a year? If the answer is, heck no, they would demand $100,000, then $50,000 is not defensible. If the answer is, of course they would, because that's better than most therapists would get paid you know, let's say it's an agency, then in that scenario, perhaps 50000 is defensible. Then if your profit is actually 100000 or 200000 then everything that's above the 50000 salary that you're taking is something that you can take as a profit distribution. And because that's not wage income, you do still have to pay income tax on it, but you don't have to pay payroll taxes, which is the, what's known as self-employment taxes or Social Security and Medicare taxes depending on your situation. And that can save you many, many thousands of dollars. And just as with the LLC, that's just LLC by itself, it gives you the same protection against creditors. The cons, as I alluded to before, is that you do have to pay 
to have somebody help you with the accounting, the bookkeeping, and the payroll. Altogether, that can cost thousands of dollars, but it saves you even more thousands of dollars, so it's worth doing. And it requires running a formal payroll, which then also means that you have to file a $0 profit corporate tax return, which means you have to file another tax return. That one will show zero profit because all of your profit from that company will have been shifted and passed through to your personal tax return. So the corporation, the S-Corp or LLC as S-Corp will not have to pay any taxes, but you will have to pay taxes through your 1040. So far, make sense? It does make sense. My head is like spinning. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's kind of try to walk through it real quick again, just like at the very, very top level. So sole prop, it's dead simple. It's easy. There's no special forms to file. You don't have a lot of accounting or bookkeeping. You don't have payroll. It doesn't, however, it doesn't protect you from creditors, business creditors, and it's only good until you're earning so much that your taxes become higher than they should be. Mm. Okay. That's pretty simple, right? Right. The LLC is when you're still in the same situation in terms of your profit, but you are now maybe you're signing a business lease that you're concerned about because you think that maybe you'll have to, you know, shut down after trying for a few months because you're not sure that you'll be able to make a go of it and you want to be protected. And so you decide, okay, you know what? I'm going to decide this is an LLC, but that's as far as I'm going to take it. And so that's reasonable. And then the LLC taxes S Corp is once you start earning enough that your profit is much higher than what would be a defensible salary for you. At that point, having it treated as an S Corp gives you access to all kinds of tax advantages. The biggest one, which I mentioned was that you can classify whatever profit you have that's higher than the defensible salary as not salary, but rather a distribution, which means you can save the 15 point something percent that you have to pay as for payroll taxes beyond income taxes. Got it. Wow. I can really see then as income increases, right? As that profit increases, I mean, that's a, that can be a substantial amount of 15%. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, I worked with our accountant. I told him, hey, I want to have something that will show people why it's so important to do this the right way. And so I asked them to run like nine different scenarios and do the full tax return for a Jane Doe situation. Hmm. I told them, you know, hey, you know, Jane Doe has a therapy practice, brings in $200,000 a year, you know, as top, top line revenue, has $59,000 worth of expenses, and she has $60,000 worth of personal expenses. And could you please run these different scenarios of different setups and different things that she can deduct and tell me what the bottom line taxes would be. And they were generous enough to do that. They didn't charge anything for it. And I put together a case study for you know two different therapists in that situation, one with five of the scenarios, the other with four other scenarios, and just comparing what are the taxes that each of them you know, in each scenario. And I can tell you that if you were to go and download that PDF, that you would see that the difference is between having a total savings in like the simplest scenario where nothing is done to do anything to reduce taxes. The total tax paid was just shy of $53,000 in the case of the state of Maryland. This is between the state and the federal taxes. And she would be able to set aside $28,000 and change. And if you go all the way to scenario nine, instead of paying just shy of $53,000, the total taxes are $28,500. And instead of being able to set aside $28,000 and change, she'd be able to set aside over $51,500. And 
running this through a 25-year career with some plausible assumptions, of, you know, like 7% annual return, it means that instead of having a retirement portfolio of $437,000 after 25 years, you could have over $800,000. That's so, crazy. Yeah. So almost $400,000 extra when you call it a career. I think that that's worth it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think for me, <laughs> I just realized like, I just did a practical step. One of the things I probably have to do is just reach out to my accountant and ask him, like, I know right now, you know, I'm a sole member of all C, but is that the best scenario right now for where I right. am? Right. And so you absolutely should uh, discuss that. And if you can put on the, the show notes on selling the couch, this place where they can get the PDF that I just mentioned, then that would be really great because I think every therapist in private practice should really have a look at that and then reach out to their accountant and say, hey, here's my situation. Here's this PDF that I was able to find online. And does this make sense to you? And what should I do? Yeah, sounds good. For you guys that are looking for the show notes, you can find them over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 204. Or if you just want to directly download the case study that Ofer just mentioned, you can download it over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash taxes case study. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash taxes case study, and that'll take you right to the download link. Ofera, this was such a complex topic, but I'm grateful for your ability to break it down in a way that that's easy to understand. I feel like this is a topic that we could probably talk on for a couple of hours and because of just the nuances and scenarios, but I really am grateful for your ability to to talk through something like this. Where can we learn more about you and the, and the good work that you're doing in the world? I put up a website that's centered around helping therapists, and that's at www.ofergonel.com. That's O like Oscar, P like Peter, H-E-R-G like Greg, A-M like Nancy, E-L.com. And you'll be able to see there a variety of things, and you'll also be able to get my free rate-setting worksheet PDF. So whatever is there is currently you know totally free for the reader, and... I'm always eager and happy to get comments on the blog post I put there where people can ask questions and I promise to, you know, any relevant question to get a response and post it in the comment section as well. So both the person who posted the question and other readers afterwards can learn from that information. Perfect. Ophir, thank you again for doing this. Uh Thank you so much for having me on. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye. Hey there, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ophir. And especially if you're at a point where you're looking at your business and looking at the profit that you're making and thinking about some of the tax implications that your business, the way it's set up, could have. I hope that today's podcast session has been particularly helpful for you. You can find all of the notes and tips and strategies that Ophir mentioned over on the show notes page over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 204. And again, the URL for that taxes case study that Ophir mentioned on the interview is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash taxes case study, or you can just find it right there on the show notes page. As I was thinking about uh, this episode, one really big thing stood out to me. One is If you're like me, when you hear taxes and when you start to talk about this stuff, you kind of get a headache and you're like, man, I really want to figure this out. But I think one of the things that I was realizing just in my conversation with Ophir is 
this stuff is really important. You know, it's not like, you know, structuring your business one way can lead, you know, to maybe $10 savings here or $10 savings there. I mean, this could be thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. And you want to especially make sure that you set up your taxes properly, um, especially if you're a group practice owner or making that transition from a solo practice to a group practice. As we wrap up again, I just wanted to thank the team over at Brighter Vision for supporting today's podcast sessions. If you guys are looking for help in getting your private practice website up and running, especially if you are looking for a website that you know that's been proven to convert potential clients into actual clients, I encourage you to check out Brighter Vision. One of the cool things that they have the opportunity is they've studied thousands of websites of clinicians. And so they really know what works from all the way from text to colors to how things are phrased. You can learn more about Brighter Vision and the services that they provide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Brighter Vision. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.